Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone. Thank you for hanging out with us on First and Pod. You know the drill by now. I'm Danny Parkins. He's Andrew Filippone. We host radio shows in Chicago and New York, or Chicago. We went to school in New York. Uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh, respectively. We cover the NFL. And we're old buddies from college. We do every team every week, every game. Subscribe, rate, review, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Hopefully you already checked out our AFC preview. Now we will go through every team for the NFC. And then our next pod after this one, it'll be game week for the NFL. And we'll be talking about all the week one matchups, the gambling, the odds, the storylines, etc. Uh, Pony did the AFC rundown. He did it in order of the odds. I did the NFC one. Uh, in order of the division. So that's the only the slight difference from this one to the last one. So, Pony, we will start with the NFC East and the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. My question to you, my friend, what is the Eagles' weakness? Well, I think it's probably going to be that there's some turnover on defense. It's a new coordinator, and there's going to be some uh, new faces at linebacker and at safety. But that's pretty nitpicky. Um, yep. You know, one thing that I do not think is a weakness is hurts. You know, and I, the, the way the way the, why I'm saying that is because, you know, I think everybody was so blown away by what the guy did in the Super Bowl, even in a losing effort. But as time has gone on, I feel like a lot of people in our business have fallen back into bad habits, and when they're bringing up the great quarterbacks. They're saying Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and they're leaving Hurts off that list. And and I don't even I think it's almost subconsciously. And I, I still think the guy fights an uphill battle in that he was a second round pick who was originally drafted to be maybe like a change of pace to the franchise quarterback there, Wentz. And I still think he deals with what happened in college when he was benched in a championship game for Tua and had to transfer to Oklahoma. And in college, he looked like he was a limited player where he was a lot more runner than passer. And so for whatever reason, I don't hear him consistently brought up like he's like right below Mahomes. And I think this year he's going to do it again and he will cement himself as one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. I think it's crazy if people are more talking about the college situation than what he did in the damn Super Bowl. You know, it was, it was the Super Bowl. It was the last football game we saw. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he had the fumble, but he put up 35 in a loss. So, But I, I think Burrow with- gets more credit for what he did in the Super Bowl two years ago against the Rams than Hurts does. And I think it's so, because of where they were drafted and what people thought of the players before they entered the league. But Burroughs had multiple great years. Allen's had multiple great years. Mahomes obviously has had multiple great years. Hurts has had one great year. Right, but I'm saying after they lost the Super Bowl, it was one injured year for Burrow and one great year. That's That's it. That's true. That's true. But yes, you're right. In in that, if we go back in time on Burrow, uh, that is absolutely true. And then I do think the, the national championship and how good he was in college and the number one pick factored into it. I'm saying that you were like, now why people leave Hurts off the list like present day, it's because he's done it one time. I, I And I think that that is a bigger part of it. And that he does have an awesome situation around him. But 
in terms of believing in their offense, man, like, yeah, they lost a little bit of offensive line depth, but their offensive line is still awesome and it's still deep. And they still have arguably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. I wouldn't pick them as number one, but it's certainly top five. And their defensive line is ridiculous. Their corners are very good. I think if I was going to nitpick, I would say safety. Um, maybe that'll be a thing for them, but their pass rush should be good enough to overcome it. Losing both coordinators, right, Steichen and Gannon. I don't think Gannon's any good, but I do think that Steichen was impressive, and it's always an interesting thing Like if you're not in the building to totally know who the real brains of the operation was. I think like, Sirianni's the real brains of the offense. I, I tend to also, and I know that he was the brains of how aggressive they were. He was arguably the most impressive in-game coach in the entire season last year. So I think they're the favorite in the NFC, and I think that they are the deserved favorite. Obviously, they could lose, but I, I'm not going to go into this year doubting that team. Yeah, I like them a lot, too. I think they can get back to the Super Bowl. I think they will get back to the Super Bowl. All right, the Giants. Your question is, what would back-to-back playoff seasons do for your belief in one Daniel Jones? I feel like he would stop being a punchline. Like It's like... You don't think that's already happened? No. No. I think he got the contract and most people and this is always a rough thing to say most people and you listen to more new york sports talk radio uh than i do certainly but i would i think that daniel jones getting paid and making the playoffs was looked at like the giants locked themselves in to a limited upside quarterback and he's like almost used as a a cautionary tale of like you want your quarterback to be good enough that you win because of not just good enough to get paid, but still yeah. be a problem like Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr or guys like that. And I don't think that he's proven that much. Certainly not as much as Kirk Cousins. Uh, but it's so I, I think that if he got back to the playoffs in a year where most people did not believe in them as a playoff team last year, even though it would likely be as a wild card and even though the NFC is weaker, the what it would do for Daniel Jones and Brian Dable but the question was about Daniel Jones specifically is it would be like, Oh, okay. He's a top half of the NFL quarterback. He's a guy that you win because of. And that to me is like the number, the first fault line of like debating quarterbacks. Do you win with them or because of them? And if he goes back to the playoffs again, when nobody's expecting them to, I think he would cross that line into you win because of them. I do think it, look, I think that part of it is though, how he does it. Um, I mean, he still threw what 17 touchdown passes last year, 18. Most quarterbacks t- are mobile though. Now, like it's, well, it's, it's not as much of a knock anymore. Well, I know, but when you see a number that that's, that that's that low, I think yeah, most people low. would be surprised to hear that he didn't really have for a team that made the playoffs and won a playoff game. He didn't even have 20 touchdown passes. Um, to your point though, like they're largely, it's interesting when the season was happening, Brian Dable was getting all kinds of credit for this masterful coaching job. What a great job to take a team that was considered one of the worst in the NFL and make them a playoff team. The reaction in the offseason has largely been, well, actually, they were just a lucky team last year. It was a fluke. It was a one-off. It won't happen again. No one is picking them really to make the playoffs outside of New York. The playoff odds back that up. So it's interesting, like, there's all this belief in Dable, but at the same time, now it is, yeah, but they're not going to be good. 
So they're they're expecting Dable clearly to do an inferior coaching job this year for them to fall back to being like a six or seven win team. So if Daniel Jones uh, gets them back to the playoffs, then, you know, it might just be Danny that like Brian Dable like gets into that Kyle Shanahan conversation where it's like, man, they have a great offensive coach. Oh, it's it, it. Listen, I I worded the question around Daniel Jones, but it's in play that Dable ends up getting more credit than well, Jones. That's what I mean. Like you said, what would playoff seasons do if they go ten and seven and make the playoffs, and Jones has a similar season? I think I might just say the coach has is able to elevate the play of a quarterback, and I'm still going to view Daniel Jones as a league average quarterback. I think I think that's totally fair. I think that's a totally fair answer to the question. It would obviously depend on how it goes down, but I I go into this year still looking at him as more of a, a liability than an asset. And if they go to the playoffs back to back years, it's going to be tougher to make that argument. Um, yeah, I wrote this question because of my hatred of Mike McCarthy and that con artist that he is. But I will ask you this: He is a co-favorite to be first coach fired. Is that deserved? I don't really think so because of what they've done the last two years going to the playoffs both times. Uh, you know, the executioner that they met was the San Francisco 49ers and everybody like has so much respect for like the talent, overall talent and coaching of that team. One game was non-competitive and last year's playoff game was very competitive. Well, actually both games were competitive. Like the Cowboys had chances late to change the outcome of those games. Um, I just think that there's a, and, and I share this thought, like I just feel like in Dallas, and we saw this play out before when you had Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett, I honestly think it's a situation where I think I believe in the defensive coordinator, the coordinator more than I do the head coach. Yeah. And, and right. So like, if if uh, if Mike McCarthy goes nine and eight this year and they miss the playoffs, I could see Dan Quinn being promoted as head coach. There's not a lot of situations in the NFL that resemble this one where the head coach, I think, is actually looking over his shoulder to somebody on his own staff who could replace him. And like I said, we've already seen it happen in Dallas before. So... You know, does Mike McCarthy deserve to be lumped in with like Josh McDaniels as favorites to be the first coach fired? Probably not based on their win totals the last two years. But hey, you got to piss or get off the pot if you're the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and he doesn't want to continue to be a bridesmaid into his 80s. So I think that the loss of Kellen Moore is going to be big. And I think that this guy has an archaic view of offensive football. But he's got such good talent, again, that it masks it. I think it masked it with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And I think largely it's been masked in Dallas. They've got a very good offensive line. CeeDee Lamb's a stud. Pollard's a stud. Dak, when it's 70 and sunny, is very damn good. And it often is in Dallas. Lawrence, Parsons, Diggs, studs at premium positions. Gilmore comes in too, so they've got a good second corner. Yep. Like they have great players at premium positions. 
It's a good way to build a football team. It's a good way to make a coach look competent. And Jerry Jones is pretty loyal. He doesn't like to admit mistakes. So, like, firing coaches in season, not often. You know, like I, I would think Kevin Stefanski, more likely. I would think Ron Rivera, more likely, to be fired first over Mike McCarthy. But next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, Dan Quinn's already, he's right there. And if because if they didn't fire McCarthy to go after Sean Payton, I do think McCarthy's job is fairly safe because I think Jerry Jones believes in him. Like I think that the con of Mike McCarthy has convinced uh, Jerry Jones that he's got a good coach. I think that's what's happened there. Well, just a quick thought to follow up. I think that I I talked to somebody because uh, I brought up the same point that you did about. McCarthy is an archaic dinosaur guy, and he said it's not true. He actually is a is a bigger believer in the pass game and wants to throw it more, and the numbers back that up over his career. Now, the rebuttal is yet Aaron Rodgers, but that was the point that the person tried to make to me on that. Um, right. I, yeah. know, I know we're going to have disagreement on this team, so I'm going to ask the question. I like Washington – plus 300, plus 310 to make the playoffs. Why? This, I'm buying the Sam Howell hype. You they are? are? Yeah, he's looked good in the preseason. He's a he's a good talent. He's got a big arm. Danny, good. he was a fifth-round pick. How good of a talent is he if he was picked in the fifth round? They were wrong. Who was they wrong? Were, the people who missed on drafting him, Pony. The people who missed on drafting him. He, he was considered – what was his story in college, right? He was considered like one of the number one recruits, and then he had an issue in college or something like that, and he fell in the draft. Sam Howell, man, have you seen the highlight package? Have you watched those like clips that people put on Twitter of like every snap of, uh, you know, Justin Fields or uh, Kenny Pickett or whatever? Yeah, I think he's a poor man's Baker Mayfield. Oh, no, no, no. He's got a much bigger arm. He's got and a Mayfield? Mu- yes. Yes. That arm helped Mayfield be the number one pick in the draft. He can make a lot of throws, Baker Mayfield. This guy was a fifth round. He's a little guy. He's just a little guy. So is Sam Howell. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Sam Howell, man. That Dude, with, with McLaurin, who I know has the toe injury, with Dotson, and then their defensive line talent, that team and Eric Bieniemy coming in, I don't know, man. I actually think in a weak NFC – that that's a nine-win, ten-win team that can make the playoffs. I'll say nine wins for the Commanders, the yeah. sixth seed or the seventh seed. Yeah, I think that fifth-round or later quarterbacks are almost always backup quarterbacks and almost always never anything more than that. And one game right, against Kirk the Cousins Cowboys. Cousins was a fourth-round pick. Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick. You've set a fairly arbitrary uh, line here. Uh, the league sets a sets a, an arbitrary line by saying once every team picks, it starts a new round. And there are not guys fifth round and later who develop into NFL starting quarterbacks. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just how it works, man. Oh, is that how it works? I just, I'm stunned that you're like, by the way, Howell's story, you're a little bit off on. He was really good his... What was the story though? He he was well. They lost all their they, the, all the running backs went to the NFL. They had two NFL running backs, Carter and Williams, who went to the league, and so his second to last year there, 
Right, he, he had a good year, then he had a bad year before the draft. Correct. That's what it was at North Correct. Carolina. That's what it yeah. was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, let's not let's not slander him and say he got in all kinds. Something happened, and that's why his draft. And, yeah, it was no, it was around him. That was what it was. Yeah, that was what it was. Uh, dude, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Chase Young. It's a good defensive line. Yeah, you say that Mike McCarthy's a dinosaur. What's that make Ron Rivera? He's got Eric Bieniemy now. We'll see. 